The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim D O Double G. And I'm joined by the man behind the side effects at Agent underscore seventy on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And we also have at Roddy Cat on Twitter here. Yeah. These days he's going to act like he, um, he's actually done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this. I do the intro every week. <laughs> I just don't control the, everything else behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. So we are the Comic Book Chronicles, and you can go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of Comic Book Chronicles and Comic Book News. On the homepage, we have links to our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. All fine podcasts are found. And we are also a part of the CSPN media conglomerate. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. Do it today. And make sure to buy Comic Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. And remember, we record live every Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can watch by going to theclipnation.com forward slash live. And if you're talking comic books on social media, make sure to use the hashtags Comfort Chronicles and CB Cron. I believe before the show started, we had mentioned we were trying to decide what comic to start the night with. And I know we had said or Avengers 11 had came out. So that sounds like a good enough issue to kick things off. I agree. Sure. As, I... As we deal with the post-Secret Empire Marvel Universe uh, uh, stories now, and I think everyone's a Kind of happy about that. Oh, I don't know. I don't think they still want to let us go just yet. <laughs> They're just and the book got in, uh, significantly better once that happened. Hmm, go figure, right? Go figure. Hmm. Can you imagine what would happen if if you just give a book? Um, well, actually, we're I mean, we're going into another event, but still, imagine if you just give a book some time. You know, on the breeze. between yeah. between events, you know, give them some time to actually do some stories. I like the way they played it by sort of sp- uh, splitting the team up into duos. You had yeah, everybody, and, had their, everybody had the bonding moments. Hercules and Vision went off to talk about immortality. Falcon, Captain America, and Jane Foster Thor went off to talk about leadership of the team going forward. And Spider Man and Wasp. Tried to go to a science fair or science type. Um, it was like a lecture or something. Fair, yeah, it was a it was a science fair that had somebody lecturing that they wanted to, that that's probably wanted to go see. Yeah, and 
Right. I I feel like we're 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 skipping over one of the the, the points of continuity that uh, Wade explored right at the beginning of the issue, which is um, weaving out of a place. Yeah, I was about to say weaving in the events of both uh, Secret Empire and the events that have happened in Amazing Spider-Man with the fall of uh, Parker Industries. So uh, this current iteration of the Avengers team had been using. Um, the, the former Baxter building then what had become the home of Parker Industries as its um, headquarters. But uh, in the wake of the events of The Amazing Spider-Man, Parker Industries may not be uh, worth much of anything, and it looks like it's um, had its building uh, bought out from under it, I guess, to appease uh, bankruptcy or and or creditors. So um, that's where we find our heroes um, basically uh, evicted out of their... Uh, uh, penthouse uh, headquarters and they're uh, kind of going through their uh, personal effects like well that bastard peter parker didn't even tell us about this <laughs> hmm. so you know and of course spidey's there playing like he's uh, the former tony stark with his uh iron man uh, bodyguard hmm. yeah it took him a second to get to that point I, we, I noticed before he was like you know what yeah i'm gonna join in this too yeah so but yeah, no, like you guys said, uh, you know, the, like splitting up the uh, the team into uh, into these duos that basically have been at least the uh, the Thor and um, uh, uh, okay. yeah, I was about to say because the, the 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 costuming in this, the coloring in this, he's still wearing the Captain America costume, which is which is why I hesitated. Um, the cover doesn't have it though. You know, it seems like the cover is a little bit more up to date. He's still Captain America, me, debit. Because <laughs> they already talk about him already handing over the mantle, so right. Um, uh, so 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 Falcon or Falcap in this, you know, and 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 Thor, they they've they've shared some uh, some moments in, um, in in this in this run of Avengers. So it makes sense for them to go off. And like you guys said, that immortality thing between uh, Vision and uh, Hercules was a nice conversation, kind of weaving in the reality of uh, you know these two pretty famous characters. Um, sitting in the middle of, uh, it's not Starbucks, but a coffee, you know, basically a cafe in the middle of New York City. Meanwhile, people around them are trying to get, are getting selfies. Even, even Vision got in on the selfie shot with the right. one dude. I thought that was pretty cool. Right, right, right. Funny. And Hercules playing to it because that's just the way Hercules is. And that makes, the, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and then they're both still talking and it's like, yeah, it's no big deal. All this other stuff around us, but they're just, they're still keeping our conversation going. You know, that's like their ben- the benefit of, ha- of not having to deal with secret identities, really. True. You know, they're not there in their uh, secret capacities. They're just there as who they are. I did like the the fans sitting around Hercules and Vision while they were having their conversation, taking selfies and posing for pictures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Even the, the, the part with uh with uh Spidey and Wasp was actually pretty pretty cool. Because first, you know, th- they've had their whole adversarial thing or you know, Wasp really not liking Spidey all that much for whatever other reason. And they finally have a moment where they kind of bond, basically, after uh, they, you know, after some hesitation or you know, after they try to get to where they're going. Right. They basically yeah. go through like a mini adventure on their own. So, right. you know, without without just, uh, you know, it's not necessarily like a, a sit down talk. It's just, you know, they're they're bonding over a shared experience. And right. uh, yeah, I, I honestly couldn't place how they've come to be at odds with each other. I mean, it's more like for some strange reason, uh, Wasp never. Yeah, I don't know if they've if that's ever been explored. I mean, yeah, she made it. They, they do kind of say, so, yeah, like like Spidey does kind of say something about it was like, yeah, I know there was a whole um, like you know, 
Janet used to give him the whole side out and talk about the whole wasp not you know wasp versus spider you know wasp natural enemies of spider which is not true thing you know they bring that back up because that's come up more than once but right. you know that's the front there as much as we've gotten about why Nadia doesn't like uh, Spidey so I don't know. Well, I think it was, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is an issue to to kind of bridge the gap between Secret Empire and where they're going with uh, uh, a new status quo um, with the team. Because um, the one thing we kind of glossed over is the uh, conversation between Thor and uh, Falcap is about um, Falcap's status with the team and, and who's going to be the leader. Mm-hmm. Which at first, when that when that first came up, I was like, hmm, that'll be interesting. Because it'll be one, it'll be the first time a Thor would have, you know, would have left, left the team, you know. And then they they decided to to like nope <laughs> we're not doing that right so we'll yeah, see you know it was it was basically a, a series of heart to heart talks with, with the exception of the Spidey Wasp one it, you know it was right. like like the, the Hercules Vision one and then the Falcon Thor one just heart to heart talks and shaping things up right and uh, I think you were mentioning earlier that we're leading right into another event a mini crossover event between the Avengers book and the Champions book so that that looks you know I I love the cover that. Uh, that Alex Ross did for the first one, it looks like. So that's really cool. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Yeah, kind of. Well, no, because I, you know, I think uh, considering that the, cha- the, that the core champions group kind of, uh, um, uh, sprang out of Avengers sprang. Yeah. I was, I was looking for the right word, like sprang out or fell out or emerged yeah. from, uh, the, 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 the previous iteration of the Avengers. So, you know, see, uh, see the, uh, the old guard and the new guard kind of butt heads. Mm-hmm. And then decide to team up afterwards. You know how it works. Of course. So, all right. President Bartlett, what's next? Let's see. What did everyone read? Yeah, my list is alphabetical. Well, look at you, Mr. Fancy. <laughs> oh, please. You want to do Batman the Red Death? Sure, we can talk about that. Because I enjoyed that. It was different. It was definitely different because it, um, it, it, it springs from the ending of uh, Dark Knight's Metal uh, yep. that we uh, were talking about last week. And it explores the version of Batman from a universe where, spoiler, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we can't really talk about it without spoiling it. I'm not going to ring the bell because at the end of the day, it was kind of spoiled last week. Um, Batman has found occasion to obtain the speed force for himself. And um, this issue is all about how we, uh, a particular version of Batman gets to that point. And there's a lot of drama involved because um, Barry, uh, the Flash in this issue, doesn't exactly give up willingly. A very uh, out for blood Spider-Man. Or Batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some great dramatic uh, points in this issue because if anyone is familiar with some of the uh, uh, the the, the better Flash stories. It's always about uh, some other character trying to affect Barry's uh, or even Wally West's connection to the Speed Force. You know, a lot of the, the better Flash stories come out of that. It's interesting to see uh, that come from Batman's perspective, where Batman is coming as an ally slash um, adversary. And uh, no, that's, that, you know, that's no, you know, that, that's actually pretty well expressed with kind of a splash page of Batman wielding the, um, the, uh, the weapons and the, uh, the equipment of uh, Flash's rogues gallery. And that's a really nice visual here. The art on this book is by uh, Carmine D. Giando Menico. He is um, not new to the Flash. I think we have seen his Flash before. So 
uh, it does, you know, it's all very, very sharp looking. He's got a very clean style. Oh, yes. And it's a semi-clever way that Batman is able to siphon off the speed force from Barry Allen. Sure. I said in my notes, I said, poor Barry Allen. <laughs> it's like, first Batman steals the weapons from his Rhodes gallery to use against him. Then he ties him up to the front of the Batmobile and uses uses it like uh, the cosmic, was it the cosmic okay. treadmill? Yeah, the treadmill. Which we saw in the button crossover mm-hmm. between the two Batman and Flash books. And then they become merged as one being. Sure. Batman, they become Firestorm. <laughs> oh man, I can't even. I don't like. I can't even bring myself to do it. I'm just gonna do it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I can't even. I'm like. I didn't even. I. I didn't even think of that when you, until you mentioned that they become a version of Firestorm. Uh, I just love it myself. <laughs> so what's funny about this is that there's a, there's aspects of the Dark Knight Returns in this, right? It seems like this is sort of set up uh, as an. alternative alternative approach to um, the Dark Knight Returns where Batman doesn't necessarily go into retirement but is looking to remain um, literally one step ahead of the game. And that's what, force, that's what causes him to uh, you know, be, take this drastic step and uh, you, know, to, uh, to, to, you know, to compensate for uh, getting older and getting slower. He's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to get faster. And I thought, you know, there's a couple, there's definitely a few um, panels in here that are uh, D. Giando Menico's um, homages to Frank Miller panels. Definitely, there's one definitely that you can see. The Frank Miller, yeah, yeah, definitely from straight from Dark Knight Returns. So, you know, especially and when he's driving the uh, the bat the bat tank slash Batmobile, where he's behind the controls, that's almost straight out of Dark Knight Returns. So, um, you know, it's definitely. I think I think they picked a good. Um, set up and premise for uh, Batman attempting to uh, usurp or at least absorb uh, uh, some of uh, the Flash's powers. Oh, yeah. Cool. So good things. And so each week, I believe we should see uh, another one shot for all, I think it's seven of them, the evil Batman of the dark multiverse. The evil Batman of the dark multiverse. We're grown up saying that. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, goodness gracious. All right. All right, so let's see. What did Roddy read? Uh, I scroll past Dirt's page. Um, dum, 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 dum. Hey, what did you think of Generations Miss Marvel and Miss Marvel? Um, I, I did, actually. It was cool. You read it also, Tim? No, I was going to say, I, I started reading the Generations Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel f- from I guess it was last week. Last week, last week. Yeah, it wasn't good. Oops. <laughs> I think what's funny about the the Cap, the Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel this week was um, the fact that uh, if you are of a certain vintage, it, it kind of brought back a little bit of nostalgia. I would say yes. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know I, de- yeah. I definitely think that was an aspect of this. That if uh, if you were of a certain vintage and you read this, you're like, whoa, wait a second, this is hitting a little close to home. Yeah, so it kind of is got a, is a there's an '80s movie vibe, and of course the aesthetics of the '70s because um, you know getting into the plot a little bit mm. uh, because of all the generation stuff. The new heroes are going to the past to meet their their predecessors, and in this one. Uh, Kamala goes back to the 70s and meets um, 
Carol Danvers, aka Miss Marvel at the time, who was running a um, was running her magazine, which I totally forgot was uh, under the Daily Bugle imprint. That's right. That's right. Um, I, you know, I, I hesitate to say this was like 70s slash early 80s. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's pretty much like the, the, the era that we're working with. We're well, no, with- I mean, yeah, but she specifically says like, oh, I'm in the 70s. Oh, does know? it say? Yeah, it does. It, it, it absolutely says. I'm in New York da, 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 looking for weird pants. Yeah, I guess so. I guess the weird yeah. pants of the giveaway. <laughs> Yeah, or or and it, or it maybe that I implied it for from what was going around, but I think I think I think they actually did say the seventies in uh, there, which kind yeah. of brought which which was weird to me because there was a part um, where she was like, "Well, I'm going to get some clothes so I can get uh, so I can you know hopefully won't uh, miss with the future by by standing out like this." She goes into the shop with twenty bucks, which apparently she has in her cufflinks or in her in her cuff, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wait." She's got newer bills than yes. probably have been printed at this yes. point in time in history. So she probably already changed time. What's funny is that, um, uh, you, you know, it, the, uh, the store is, uh, I guess, uh, a Van Dyne store. That, you know, that's, uh, that's one of the Easter eggs in this. Right. And right. I thought of the same exact thing that you did. But do you think the cashier is looking, to, uh, looking at the bill? Um, uh, to see what year it was, but then right. it dawned on me that the design would have changed. Right, the design would have changed, and that should have stuck out. But you know, we're being we're being nerds. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I mean, there are I mean, even now there are bills that's been circulating for a few different years, and design has just changed the last what in, in the last few. So, right, it could have been that she used a bill that you know that like an older version still wouldn't have. Yeah, that still probably wouldn't have been around then, but still. Old yeah. enough to be like, yeah, it doesn't look any different from you know, sure, from what would have been, sure, you know, and and we get a great we get a great little um, uh, cameo from Peter Parker. Uh, mm-hmm. Gotta get those Spidey photos. So and J. Jonah Jameson, since since um, since it is in the Daily Beagle building, sure, sure. So, um, you know, they basically team up to fight uh, a, a random uh, Shi'ar uh, character who's uh, yeah. I thought that was Deathbird at first. I did too. I did too. And they're like, Night screen? I'm like, okay, well, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, you know, that's you know, uh, uh, creating a Shi'ar uh, uh, villainess is, uh, you know, you know, there's a well, lot. Maybe of- that actually was because I I never read the old Miss Marvel series. That could have actually been a one. I don't know that showed up. Listen, I had never bothered to Google it. Now I am. Damn it! <laughs> and- I know, right? And I, I, there was a, there's another issue that I'm probably talk about later on that I did Google something on. So I probably should have done that in this case, but. That's too funny. So, but yeah, I like how the whole thing—the thing that started getting me uh, right off the bat while he's doing that—was that the whole thing started off with a um, and a moment you would have seen in an '80s movie. Basically, it is basically you might be wondering how I how I got into this predicament, and you see Kamala in you know in uh, in disguise, and they even uh, allude to the this record scratch moment. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's cool. (laughs) <laughs> and then it kind of goes into the explaining the how she got to that point, which man, I wish somebody would pull me off the street for a job if it, if it was something like that. Like, <laughs> that didn't happen nowadays. I don't think that ever happened then either. But you know, hey, move the story along. You had to, yeah, you know. So. All right, cool. But yeah, it was a, it was a pretty cool story outside of that. And, you know, because the the um, I want to ask: this is the first time we've seen the actual time space movement because we've seen like 
the poof in and outs. We, we've seen all of that, but as these generations one's been going going along, and we know we already know why it's going on now, right? Because of COVID, yeah. right? But we, I don't think we've ever actually seen the whole time space movement, which is also kind of funny because speaking of seventies eighties movements, it, that part kind of reminded me of Howard the Duck because you see her kind of moving through the, the time space and then she just basically hits the cement. That's funny. Without going through like billboards, a la Howard the Duck, but still, it kind of gave me that. Um, you remember Howard the Duck far better than I, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I watched that movie one too many times, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. All right. So I mean, it was good, you know, like a lot of like kind of like what what, what Tim was saying earlier about um, the uh, the Captain Marvel generations. You know, it's kind of hit and miss. I don't even know. None of them have been like great, great, you know? Like they've had some good moments. Some of them have had some good moments in them or whatnot, but I haven't. Right. I like the Wolverine one. Great. Right. The Wolverine one. Yeah, the movie was good. The the Iron Man one turned out better than I thought. Yeah, that one actually was all right too. Yeah. Is it what we have? One more left, the Captain America one next week. I assume it comes out next week. Maybe. Hmm. Hopefully. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because Legacy is starting next week. next week. Yeah, so they should be about wrapping it up. But yeah, here it is. Shout out to Matt Wang in, in the chat, in the, in, the, in the YouTube chat. Said to be offered on, which I can't do anything with the chat because I'm not. I guess I'm not on the, the channel. Anyway, um, what have we got next? Invincible Iron Man number eleven. Why did you read this? I meant to, but I didn't get a chance to. Okay. So this was kind of a one-off issue where we caught up with Mary Jane as she was having, I think, lunch with Tony Stark's mother, and she retold a tale of when she first met Tony uh, back when during her modeling days. And, of course, he tried to hit on her. Actually, he met her through you know, Iron Man crash through uh, the roof fighting what looked like uh, Whiplash. Yep. Of her modeling, uh, the modeling event. So he, so Tony showed up with Iron Man in tow because back in during that time, Iron Man was just his bodyguard. <laughs> Even though, as, she, as Mary Jane said, everyone knows that's you in the suit. But either way, Tony showed up with Iron Man to apologize and tried to hit on her, and then it turned into like a sort of counseling session of them talking to each other and how she uh, di- disliked her father because I guess he was a a drunk and Tony of course is a drunk at that time. Mm-hmm. And then it moves on from there to Riri Williams uh, shows up as Ironheart and does Pepper Potts show up? I, I don't think she does. I think it's just MJ, Tony's mom. Yeah. Cause from the cover. Yeah. Tony's right. t- Tony's mom, MJ and Friday uh, sort of end the issue. And they talk about how, sort of hitting hidden things that Tony does that no one knows about, like going to the hospital just to hug babies. <laughs> and then they ask Friday, and there's a reason for that, which I'll uh, get to in a second. And then they ask Friday, and then like Friday out of nowhere says like Tony Stark's missing. And then that leads into the Marvel legacy story of the search for Tony Stark. But uh, I guess the letter page was dedicated to Brian Bendis wrote a letter um, talking about a gentleman that lives next door to him in Portland and how the issue was dedicated to him because he he uh, used to go and to the hospital and hug babies and interact with babies, and no one ever knew it. I think his son finally told him 
told Brian. And it's like this guy like had this like had led this cool life of being like a war hero and knowing semi-famous people and he was a fan of comics and uh, the guy eventually uh, got sick and passed away before Brian could show him this issue because he was going to show him the issue and show how Tony does the same things he does. But he uh, unfortunately had passed away. So the issue was kind of dedicated to Brian's neighbor. Wow. I've got to read that now. I yeah, really. I was just scrolling. I, I just scrolled to that page and I'm like, wow, that's a pretty, uh, you know, uh, it's like one of those letters, like usually like one of those big, like uh, it might be like two pages or one, like I right. just be one page letter. Yeah. But it's um, three columns. Yeah. Yeah, it's three. Col- yeah, one page split up in three columns. And it's the type of thing you'd see, like the finale of a, a comic series ending, and the, the creator thanking fans, telling the story of how the book came to be, type deals. But it's totally personal, and Brian talking about him and his neighbor. Wow, hmm. I gotta read that. Now, see you saying that without that context. Context, you would think like that's really um, Tony doesn't do his stuff like that. That's really out of uh, oh, it, that's another thing. Uh, so. There's multiple artists on this, as you'll see at the top. So we have mm-hmm. Stefano Caselli does it, but then uh, during the parts where Friday is t- Friday is telling her story of t- some of the things Tony does that people don't know about, and then when uh, MJ is telling her story of meeting Tony back in the past, it's, it, different artists come in. So you have uh, the woman. Who, I'm not going to try and butcher her last name, but she did the the Mockingbird series with Cassandra Kane. Yeah, Kate. All right, yeah. Katie Nimchik. Nimchik. She does. I believe she does the art on the MJ Tony story, and then um, an Asian artist again. Yeah, Taki, Taki Soma and Kiichi Mizushima. But I believe Taki. So again, Bendis refers to this in the the letter. Uh-huh. Taki, I think, is a friend or the neighbor was a fan of his art. His or her? I'm not sure. That artist art. Yeah, the artist is art. So he decided to get the artist to, you know, do that part of the story, which is kind of cool. Hmm. So there's a meaning behind everything in this issue. Wow, I had no idea. I'm glad that you brought that to our attention. Yeah, it was nice. Wait, isn't Taki someone married to um? To is that the one married to um, Michael Oming? That That's what I'm thinking? thinking. That might be true. I think I remember hearing or seeing that, which would make sense because I think he probably lives in him. The, that couple probably lives in. All of them live in, in Portland. It's, Portland. It's, a, yeah. it's a comic book commune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he even mentions in but, his, um, uh, Brian mentions in the letter how the neighbor was invited over for his like monthly get together dinners with his comic creator buddies in Portland. Hmm. Uncharacteristic. That's the word I was looking for. I know words. But now, okay. Um, so check this out. Do you, so the, the Mary Jane story is kind of, interesting because do you remember how she came into this version of invincible iron man he oh the same way right they, uh, mm-hmm. he was fighting Ma- madam mask and crashed the the opening yep, of her, into her her nightclub yeah her nightclub mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's funny that's come back up that's bendis ripping off bendis <laughs> yeah i know right and the fun <laughs> thing well yeah that was the funny thing about that was like, okay that's interesting because i thought they met when they moved know, into the, the avengers tower. mansion yeah Tower oh, yeah, mention, yeah, whichever it was. So, but then again, you know, yeah, the Marvel Universe, has, yeah, exactly. I was about to say the, the Marvel Universe has been going on for so long, and like you said, Redcon power the, with the power of Redcons, you can you know put in a first uh, a first meeting even early, well earlier than that. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, think about how many people Aunt May has met, right? So, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true, true, true. But that sounds cool. I'm going to read that, though. Yeah, I'm going to go back and read that letter. That's that's great. All right. Um, let's see. What did you guys read? Uh, do you, How many more do you guys want to do before we get to rapid fire? Huh? Like one more piece, um, maybe? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Hey, Roddy, what about uh, Doctor Strange number 25? Uh, okay, that wasn't the one I was going to do, but sure. Oh, no, um, no, I was about to say nominate, nominate something. No, nah, I mean, well, we'll do that one because I, I want to bring up another one if we do that. But let, I can do this one kind of very quickly. It's a 25th issue. It's a little exercised. Um, Doc, Dr. Strange has a actual case of deja vu. Mm-hmm. Because and I kind of liked how the story kind of played out actually because it starts out with him and Selma eating breakfast and then he he forgets something or he remembers something that he kind of forgot but he can't quite put his finger on it and then events start happening that uh, mirror an event from his past and then those those they actually show those events which I don't know if it comes from any actual issue of any Doctor Strange book but basically the same uh, event happens in the past and the and the present pretty much the same way leading up to this um to this character who you know who shows up or shows back up then they fight slash talk and you know dr strange uh you know it's it's a story you've basically seen before it's like yeah you know the 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 hero comes along, you know, tries to save the day, but then somebody gets swept under the rug in the process and then that person comes back later as a as a um as a villain, uh, and that's what happened in this one, given the same events, and then we find out why he didn't remember who this person was, which is, I don't think of, is anybody of note, just so happens to be somebody for the purposes of the story, as far as I know. Um, uh, but then, we, you know, he made himself forget about it, and then, you know, they talk about it, and then this person just goes off. We may or may not see them again, we don't know, mm-hmm. but like I said, it was just so happened to be for this issue that's a special size issue, and I totally forgot that Zelma was has the, the same uh, was made into a magic being, magic uh, like Doctor Strange, basically where he can't eat certain things now, and she sees things differently, like he kind of can, because that was like seems like eons ago at this point. But yeah, but yeah, like I said, it was pretty much what seemed to be a one and done story. Which somebody, hmm? I'm sorry, no, I was gonna say that I think this that this particular trope. They used to uh, emphasize what Doctor Strange's character kind of used to be like, where right. you know, and a lot of it is, you know, is, is definitely extrapolating from uh, uh, some of the storylines that they were that they explored in the movie, where you know Doctor Strange may not have always paid the closest attention to uh, what he was doing, and may not have always solved, um, you know, kind of he may not have. Um, dealt with all of the symptoms dealt with maybe the major symptom, but some of the underlying stuff, you know, as a doctor, he just kind of, you know, he just kind of missed and now it's kind of come back to him um, in this. And it was kind of, you know, he was kind of more of a cavalier uh, hero, maybe uh, uh, coming up, uh, you know, as the stories were being told in uh, uh, some of the eighties and nineties Dr. Strange books. And now he's a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't say he's always been like that, I think there's definitely been certain Doctor Strange stories that have been told uh, that, that that kind of have him be a little bit more introspective and, and 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 be more careful with how he wields his magic. But I think that's become a big uh, a big story point 
for the current Doctor Strange in terms of uh, how he uses magic because of you know because of the things that have been happening in the book now. So right. I mean, yeah, this story you could pretty much see in any hero story. Like you, you throw this into Avengers, and it would be a similar thing that kind of act factually. You could almost say with the Avengers X thing almost did happen, kinda. But like I said, you can you can put these, a similar type of story, and that, oddly enough, it gave me a Twilight Zone vibe. I don't know why, but yeah, like I said, you can put the story in pretty much any hero's book, and it would play and or read about the same for those same reasons. Right, I agree with yeah. that. But uh, but I thought of that yeah, it was okay. It was good. No, unless well, they exercise issue for uh, the twenty fifth issues, so it was the game a little bit more to work with. Right. What was the book that you were going to bring up? Uh, America number seven, actually. Uh, potential click of the week, and I'll, I'll nice. keep kind of short. Actually, um, all I I will definitely say is that um, I don't think America Chavez has ever been a character that had any sufficient backstory, and now she does thanks to this issue. And it's kind of touching it in, in certain spots. Um, so given after the events of, well, actually throughout this whole issue, I mean, throughout this whole book, uh, run of the book, there's this person called Madra Mar that was coming about. And we just found out last issue that it's her actual grandmother, which you, can, you could almost put that together just by reading it without her even, without you even know it. Because it was either going to be it's an older version of her or somebody related to her, and sure enough, boom, it's her, it's her grandmother. So they take off and go to the ancestral plane where uh, Madrimar teaches uh, America basically where she, you know, her her history, and uh, you know, you see America's birth and you see her her mom's meet, you know, uh, and then you know, America has some feelings about some things that happen during the course of that, you know, good and bad especially where it's concerned to, to uh, her grandmother. And we find out, you know, a whole lot of backstory about, like I said, uh, America and um, her people and uh, what seems to be going into uh, something that's probably going to come out in later issues uh, um, with uh, some adversaries that may or may not come back into the fold from that history. But um, like I said, it was, it was a really good book. If you, if you um, like America Chavez, and I know a lot of you do, um, you should check this out because this is um, which you're probably already going to be checking out. Check this out for some good backstory that she's never actually had before. Okay. So, anybody else want to bring something, or are we actually going into clicks? I mean, uh, um, um, rapid fire. Excuse me. Yeah, because it looks like we all read a bunch of books. So I'm looking to see if there's anything else that we all read. How about I Batman? Super. So- you, I was going to say you want to talk about Batman Thirty One real quick. Yeah, we can. Because we both read that. Hell yeah! So, uh, <laughs> so there's a couple of nice scenes in this. I see. Thanks to uh, uh, at Tim Dog ninety eight's notes in our show notes. Uh, 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 follow uh, Roddy Cat's links to get to our show notes. But um, uh, we get to uh, uh, in this issue a, a, a face a face off showdown between um, the forces of uh, the Riddler teamed up with Batman as they go to. Uh, to confront the Joker, and there's a lot of nice scenes in this. Yeah, Miguel Janin is a artiste. The two-page spread of Batman gliding uh, with Riddler's crew in the air mm-hmm. definitely something to behold. Yeah, and yeah. and it's funny because one there's a there's a bit in this where Killer Croc is like, uh, you know, no, uh, Kite Man and Killer Croc are having an exchange about how much do you weigh. Uh, and Croc is like uh, a lot more that a kite can carry, <laughs> and 
And I'm thinking, wait a second, these are hang gliders. You, you, you can put a lot of weight on a hang glider. Right. Not kites. Anyway. Kite man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. But, um, yeah, so he gets a little retribution, and I feel like next is next issue, like the finale of... It's said to be continued, so... Yeah, we don't know if it's the finale, but it's definitely it. You know, based, a showdown between all three characters. Yeah, based on the ending, the cliffhanger ending of this, it looks like we're leading up to the actual showdown between the three characters. Yes. So I was glad, like, like, like you said, I was glad to see uh, Kite Man get a little bit of uh, revenge slash retribution. So, <laughs> and of course, he he still doesn't quite uh, come out ahead in this. <laughs> Not quite. All right. All right. Cool. So I guess we want to do rapid fire. Can. We are in rapid fire mode. I'll probably forego putting covers up because I'll be doing a lot of switching. Yeah. Um, U.S. Avengers number ten. Anyone else read that? I think Roddy did. I did. Yeah, I did. Wasn't too much really to this issue. Sunspot, I guess, quit AIM or gave his resignation. And he's broke. Oh, he's also broke. Yeah. So that was the that's the thing that kind of bothered me about this. I was like, so yeah, so Sunspot quit because okay. I, I'm sorry, I just probably stepped over what you were going to say. Um, but No, I didn't really have too much to say about it. Um, he so had a verbal quick. sparring match against whoever the uh, politician, military guy. Yeah, so he's basically, this guy is the new, you would almost say he would be the new Garrick over AIM. Uh, and apparently this character has, has had some previous Marvel experience because he was from Thunderstrike. Oh I had God. to look that up. Because I was like, wait a minute. That name, I don't know. It's not without, you know, Al Ewan to throw somebody in here and not have them have some kind of, you know, some kind of history. So, and sure enough, yeah, Kevin Krask um, is what, I guess, first appeared in Thunderstrike. So I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. So, yeah, so he and Bobby, you know, have the talking and this guy's a real piece of work. And, you know, you could almost say he sounds like some people that is out in celebrity right now or some politicians you may have seen before one way or the other, but you know what? But um, they have a talk. Bobby's like, you know what? I'm, I, I'm out. I quit and you can't do anything about it. And then um, Izzy, AKA, um, oh shoot, what is her name? Which one? What's her, what's her code name? Izzy. Uh, oh, uh, Smasher. Uh, Smasher. Thank you. I don't know why I forgot that that quick comes and whisks them away because guess what? Uh, Cannonball, who was perceived to be dead during the course of uh, uh, Secret Empire, is not dead, which we know that, but they didn't know that. Um, and at the end of the book, over here. So, um, yeah, Smasher tells Bobby, was like, yeah, he's still alive and he's out there somewhere, which I guess is going to start the next arc of this book, meaning they're going to find out. They're going to uh, go after Bobby. Uh, the only other thing that happens. Yeah, so I like how they have Cannonball Run it in the book and just reminds me of the theme song to Cannonball Run, which I have actually watched that movie recently. So I kind of know what I'm not going to sing it. But I'm um, not going to it up. <laughs> no, don't, don't worry about that. We don't, you know, don't need to do that. But uh, Red Hulk gets the Hulk, but he's also still red because, there was, because he was a Hulk for so long and there's some side effects to him uh, being Hulk so long, which he didn't end up dying like they said he was going to do, but now he's just old and red. And you know, it's going to be on a lot of meds. And uh, I think the only other thing that happened in this book is uh, Squirrel Girl and Aiku were, were talking because Aiku was worried about Tony, who apparently is poised to be the new, um, I, I'm about to call it Social Supreme, uh, Supreme Leader of uh, AIM, 
because after everybody found or well, after people found out that Bobby quit by email, um, a couple of AIM folks recalled the uh, a speech she gave while watching in captivity and be like, hey, you should be our new leader. And we all would, we all would about her. But she was the only one who didn't know that Bobby had quit. Underwater. So, great. <laughs> As as Reddy flips that switch, um, cover yeah. and fill in some of the uh, the time. There you go. I'm done. But that that was pretty much. I was actually finished. So, all right. Yeah. Go on, Tim. He summed it up perfectly. I mean, I, you want me to do the rest of mine? Just, yeah, rapid fire. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Nightwing twenty nine was part two of the Gotham Resistance crossover between. Uh, last week was Teen Titans. This week, Nightwing. Next week is Suicide Squad, and then ends with Green Arrow, I believe. Okay, should be just four parts. But uh, so members of all those cast members of all those books are uh, heading towards Challengers Mountain in the middle of Gotham City. But the evil Batman who laughs has granted some of Batman's rogues with a metal playing card that has energy or powers to grant them basically whatever their wishes. So they're using it to uh, basically just like video game levels, first level, the outer rim. So basically the Challenger's Mountain is surrounded by these rings uh, that the that level boss character it, for that each ring is a Batman rogue. So Teen Titans, the outer rim had the Riddler. They've moved past, they beat him. Now they're at the Mr. Freeze level. And then next week in Suicide Squad, it goes to, I believe, Poison Ivy was teased. But a good thing about this issue is if you've been a longtime uh, Nightwing reader from DC Rebirth, it ties into a lot of stuff that Tim Seeley seeded uh, in a story arc that involved uh, Dr. Hurt, Simon Hurt, uh, and the Death Deathwing character. And when t- uh, Nightwing was cut with a metal blade, again, metal blade, hmm. Kind of the metal. He started having these hallucinations of other worlds and dark versions of himself, and, and it's all tied into the Court of Owls and the Court of Owls being, or at least a segment of the Court of Owls being followers of the evil Barbatos, who is the basically the villain behind Dark Knight's metal. So that's kind of cool when you see storylines tying together like that. Um, let me jot that down. I mean. And Super Sons number eight, another possible click of the week. Every time this issue comes, this book comes out, it's going to be more than likely of contender. Robin and Superboy uh, are sent to another dimension again. Here we are with dimensions, hunting this guy whose name I forget, but he mates Clay. Like he's like uh, in previous issues, he created Clay villains for. Robin, Superboy, and the Teen Titans to battle, but here they're taken to this world where, like, a, there might be a, this, there might be a good version of this character on this other world, but um, they're on this planet that was sort of consumed by this sort of like Unicron-looking figure that sort of like swallowed the world whole, and he's become like one with the world. So he he's, he kind of reminds me of uh, the Green Lantern planet whose name escapes me right now. Mogo? Mogo. But then they also encounter these, like, resistance fighters, these two, uh, they look like black women. Um, I forget what their names are. But they give them the sort of rundown of what's going on in their world. Uh, Superboy wants to defeat the bad guy that sent them to that dimension, but also help the resistance fighters. And, of course, Robin's more, you know, 
we, our first priority needs to be we need to go home. But what's fun about this issue is, and previous issues of Super, Super Sons, is the writing from Peter Tomasi. Uh, at one point, Superboy wants uh, he says something along the lines of, "What the H is going on here?" And Robin's like, "You know, you're away from your parents. You don't. You can cuss now." <laughs> And it's just like little things like that, like uh, the one of the two girls that the two superheroes meet refers to Superboy as being the leader because he's taller and must be older, which he's not. He is taller than Robin, but he's not older. But so like Robin starts complaining about, you know, just because he's taller and taller doesn't mean he's older or you know, the boss of me. <laughs> okay. And it's like little stuff like that. Like they don't, and it never like lingers too long. Like they, the you know, the joke lands and then they move on to the next thing gotcha it's like usually like every issue has like five little jokes like that put in there between the two of them and you can see how they're setting up the next crossover i guess after the storyline ends it's like the was it the super sons of tomorrow where the evil batman of tomorrow we're not evil but the batman of tomorrow who more than likely is going to be an adult damian wayne i'm wondering comes to uh stop superboy because in the future he kills a whole bunch of people Okay, and if you know Jonathan Kent, at least the way he is now, there's no way in the world that could be possible. So, um, of course, Superman wants to protect his son, but the Teen Titans, Bat- the Batman of tomorrow, convinces the Teen Titans that Superboy needs to be stopped. But Robin decides he wants to stick up for his "quote unquote" best friend. Which, at the you know, right now at the beginning of the series, they weren't best friends, but you can sort of see their friendship kind of growing. So it's going to be kind of cool to see them like on the run together. Now, of course, that's later. That's like a couple months from now. Um, but you can see like the seeds being planted. Like uh, when they spend the night at the sort of the the camp that the resistance spiders have built. It's so like in the trees, like a treehouse type deal. Like Robin goes out to do so, some reconnaissance on the area and then comes back and he's like, you know, we should probably shouldn't drink the water here. So he like takes out a, you know, water from his utility belt and like, Fits his Superboy a glass for him to drink. Which, you know, that's a little thing to do, but a little subtle thing. So, right, cool. Um, you know, you're always a big fan of this book. So, yeah, this book is great. And and Jorge Jimenez's art, like once he leaves this, and David Marquez leaves Defenders. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy the books as much as I do. Gotcha, gotcha. And I think I'm done. Yeah, done. Cool. Um, Roddy, mind if I give it a go? I only have a few books. Do it. All right. So. Um, Peter Parker, Spider-Man number four is the continuing uh, Chip Zdarsky and Adam Kubert uh, stories uh, that kind of have uh, Spidey in a real superheroic light, not really dealing with uh, so much of the continuity-heavy uh, stories in Amazing Spider-Man. Um, we have uh, the uh, the next chapter in the story involving the Tinkerer. The title of the story is actually Tinkerer Tailored Soldier Guy. You know, obviously a pun on uh, on a different title. Um, you know, essentially in 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 uh, in, in very uh, broad strokes, this is uh, more of um, more of uh, Spidey and the Human Torch and Spidey's not quite Sister Teresa um, uh, fighting off the forces of the Tinkerer and the Kingpin. And, uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with some other forces going on that are related to Teresa um, in the background that uh, draw in both Betty Brandt and uh, J. Jonah Jameson uh, into uh, investigative reporting. And finally, um, the uh, the cliffhanger splash page is uh, features the return of 
um, the Marvel, uh, the Marvel uh, 616 version of uh, the villain from the uh, most recent uh, Spider-Man Homecoming movie. So that's that. I'm spoiling without really spoiling. So that's that. Um, Spider-Man 2 number... What number was it? Three, maybe? Yeah, well, because it goes so slow, it's hard to, it's hard to keep track. Um, so we finally find out the secret origin of the Marvel 616 um, Miles Morales. And it is intertwined with it's yeah it's number three. Uh, it is intertwined with um, the story of one Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin, and um, it's an interesting tale because it does uh, do a retcon of um, the Kingpin's origin and inserts um, this Miles this version of Miles Morales into his origin, and that is the essence of the story. We have um, uh, the setup between these two characters and how. Um, uh, you know, and, the, and and we basically discover the reason why uh, Peter Parker is so shocked at the end of the first Spider-Man miniseries. Um, he's, we we find out why he's so shocked at uh, the results of his search for the six one six Miles Morales. So that's this story in a nutshell. Um, the totally awesome Hulk number twenty three. Um, this is. Um, you know, we, we've had a couple of uh, issues this week specifically uh, geared to set up the next upcoming kind of bigger story arc. They're not necessarily filler, but more of a setup. And this, uh, you know, speaking of um, uh, some of the other issues that we're talking about, this particular issue is um, the setup for um, the next version of Planet Hulk. And it involves uh, the reunion of some of the the characters from the uh, the issues of Totally Awesome Hulk that uh, formed the, uh, the the very casual, more casual than even the Defenders, the very casual group, the Protectors, that involved a lot of the uh, the Asian and Asian American uh, heroes. And um, we also have a guest appearance by T'Challa, the Black Panther. These are all um, characters who have made guest appearances within the last uh, you know twelve to to fifteen issues of this book. Um, who have um, you know kind of uh, uh, seen Amadeus Cho's uh, struggle with his uh, new alter ego, and we and this issue features um, Amadeus finally uh, confronting uh, something that had been teased for a while now, which is the uh, the Hulk that he kept locked away in the trunk of a car in his psyche. And uh, what they do is they enact a plan to try to address that, uh, that, that aspect of his psyche that he's uh, suppressing. Um, and it turns out that uh, there's a fail-safe plan put in place that leads directly into a new version of Planet Hulk. So uh, that is also this issue in a nutshell. And finally, uh, I was going through those relatively quickly to get to something I wanted to do a little bit in depth because it's a little on the long side. It's actually, I think... Uh, 15 or 16 dollar book um in uh, physical form and it is from image comics it is a top cow uh title i i believe it is as i'm pulling up my review copy it is entitled son of shaolin and uh it it draws upon a lot of um a lot of uh Kung Fu movie type stuff. It you know it even uh, uh, draws in a little bit of if any, if anyone was uh, familiar with um, the uh, the Jaden Smith character in um, oh what was that Netflix um, show the uh, the hip hop one the Get Down yes the Get Down so 
the character played by Jaden Smith in the get down was a graffiti artist and some aspects of this character kind of uh, draw upon that. Um, we have at its essence, uh, a story of, um, a Kung Fu villain who is looking to, uh, gain powers by defeating other, uh, you know, uh, other other uh, branches of a uh, kung fu family tree. It's a very Iron Fist type uh, story trope, very kung fu uh, story. Uh, uh, you know, kind of a typical story. But what in? But uh, one of the twists is that one of the uh, the 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 not quite kung fu masters. He doesn't quite know it yet. Is um, a graffiti artist in New York City. And, uh, you know, we, we, we delve a little bit into that world. This is, uh, mind you, this is very much a present day. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't see any uh, uh, subway cars being bombed in New York right now. But I guess, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a different, uh, a different reality than ours. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, this, this character doesn't understand or doesn't realize that uh, he is the um, descendant of uh, a Kung Fu master who has uh, recently been murdered and uh, he's, rega- he's gained some uh, power uh, because it's passed on between uh, uh, generations. Once, uh, uh, once there's a, 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 you know, once the holder of, I guess the power uh, dies, it passes on to a descendant. So uh, there's a lot of uh, Kung Fu action. There's a lot of, um, I guess there's a, there's definitely a swerve, in this because uh, not everything is as it seems in, uh, in terms of the mentor that has reached out to our young protagonist to, uh, to train him in the ways of uh, Kung Fu. Uh, you know, it's, this is a, a longer story. I don't want to uh, touch on everything because it is a, a, a full length graphic novel, you know, uh, and it, and the, uh, the price of uh, yeah, 17, 1699 on the stands, because I believe you can get this in hardcover. Um, the price of kind of betrays that it is on the longer side. Um, the art is good. You know, it's definitely, uh, uh, Chinese, you know, believe it or not, it's actually, I believe it's more, uh, uh, Chinese comic book, uh, based and superhero comic book based than it is, uh, manga. So that definitely, uh, is reminiscent of, um, some of the Kung Fu comics that, uh, that I've seen, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of hard to find on the, on the newsstand and in the comic book stores, but you can find them. Um, and again, there's uh, elements of the get down character, you know, being a kind of a modern day uh, uh, tagger and bomber. So, you know, there's that. Um, it's just a, you know, it's just a nice, you know, it, it looks like there is um, the potential of uh, a continuing story in this because it ends with uh, a cliffhanger ending and it's the end for now. Um, you know, I, I just enjoyed this. You know, I enjoyed this book. It, it, it just had like a nice flow to it. So that's why I'm dedicating a little bit of extra time during uh, Rapid Fire to it. And obviously it's uh, inspired uh, some of the uh, outro music that uh, I'm going to play on the way out. Okay. I mean, that, that's it? Yep, that's it for me. All right, well, then I will just uh, plank through mine. Then uh, let's see. Trinity number 13. Uh, this continues that whole... the the story from last time, which was uh, Cersei and Rhaesha Gould sent uh, Red Hood and Outlaws, a possessed Red Hood and Outlaws against the Trinity. Um, John Constantine, Zatanna, and Dead Man was uh, brought in to kind of help. Dead Man and Zatanna get swallowed up. Uh, so Constantine's the only one who's left. He goes in to try to save them, runs up against Cersei and Rhaesha Gould. And to what seeming seemingly to save his own life says, "Hey, I can get you to Trinity," and uh, ends up uh, having 
another one of uh well having superman's more widely available lesser used uh weaknesses put against him by uh him being possessed by one possessed boston brand aka dead man and now and now he's after going after the trinity and that's where that pretty much where the book there was also some a couple of references like one reference to which i think i put uh, if you follow my cb caps uh instagram you you may have might have seen from john constantine talk, from uh, referencing de la soul but you know what there's that uh let's see oh future quest presents space ghost number two uh rounds oh. up, rounds yep rounds out the dc uh books that i read this week um, Space Ghost and team still going after the this element that is used to power the the power bands. Uh, they're on the planet of the Herculoids and they're underground with Igu, and they meet up with some some um, some stumbling blocks across the along the way. Uh, there's a reference to the Jan and Jace always having to be saved, uh, but then they meet up with the, the big bad. Who and somewhere in the midst of that, we get some backstory on not only Jan and Jace, but a story from. Uh, well, it's actually it's not even bad story. It's basically, um, I guess you could say, the origin story of the bad guy, aka uh, Metallus, uh, and his vendetta against the Space Force. Space Ghost gets unmasked, also, uh, and we also find out that uh, Metallus is basically a Ghost in the Shell, as the uh, title for the next issue seems to uh, seems to say. And it just not even seems to say because he pulls off his helmet and it just sparkles. Uh, and that's pretty much that. The only thing about this one was like, so Blip, which is the space monkey that's on space, Team Space Goes, and Iku, <laughs> somehow, who is a big, if you know about the Hercules, is a big rock monster. They somehow can can talk to each other using their various own language, but Space Ghost, Jan and Jace can't understand him. And I'm like, well, how does that work? Like, this, as far as I know, this is the first time they've just met, and they don't even speak the same language. That's why. Anyway, that's just me getting nitpicky on that. I, but I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, let's see. Now we get to the Star Wars block. Journey to Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma number two. Uh, Ca- Captain Phasma and her stormtrooper pilot uh, goes after this uh, First Order officer named uh, Revis, who. If you remember me talking about this last time we spoke, we brought this up. Um, uh, Captain Phasma was trying to erase her, her giving, uh, bringing down the shields of the Starkiller base, which, yes, this, this is in the, the, uh, the realms of the First Wars Awakens. So uh, she, she goes to erase her tracks, but somebody else gets to, uh, gets to those records right after she, when she tries to do that. Or before she tries to do that, so she's going after them, and she chases them to this planet, which is not far from the the newly defeated, blown up Starkiller base. Uh, this is a previously uncharted planet, looks like, but runs. Uh, Captain uh, Phasma gets the idea of like, uh, we need to like um, uh, go native, basically. So you know, so won't arouse too many suspicions. Although she's still in a she's still in a mask, not her not her actual uniform. She's in another mask, uh, and her trooper, who we find out in the course of this, is a fe- another female trooper, um, is along with her. They come across some natives who wanted to go over there. Apparently, Phasma knows the language of these people because the the because um, these people that they run across are from another planet, but they just happen to migrate to this one or something from that effect. So they inquire about the person they're chasing. And these, these people talk about, say 
tell them that they might get a, that this person might have gotten eaten up by the sea creature or taken by these people associated with the sea creature that's been attacking them. Uh, and Phasma's like, well, we got to find out for ourselves. And then at the end of this book, they find where these people, aka the sea creature, whatever, lives that they're after. Because they had fought somebody in the course of this book, or they had fought a creature in the for- for course of this book uh, that maybe um, may become an issue for them. And that is that one. And the last part of the Star Wars block is Star Wars Annual Number 3, which... Um, so Hanalei ends up tries to find a new base for the uh, for the Rebel Alliance. And keep in mind, this is uh, I believe this is like early on uh, after A New Hope, if I'm not mistaken. So they end up on this ice icy planet, not off, uh, with a looks like to be a former uh, scoundrel cave or something like that. Han knew about it, so that's when they went to go check it out. They also get chased by these bond hunters, one of which who also knows knows Han. Um, and they try to kill him, but uh, Han tries to save the princess by you know by doing something heroic. So they get split up. She goes back to the the, to the Falcon. Then she comes back like John McClane and saves his behind. And uh, you know some things happen in the process, and they get saved. Like there was a like I said in my notes, there was a there was an issue a few issues of back where um, Leia and Luke got stranded on uh, some planet for a little while. And this kind of had rings of that, except for this is totally, pretty much totally different. Like the, with Han's people chasing after him for the body on his head, and all's well that ends well with that. Um, and I believe, actually, that might be it for me. Yeah, yeah, that is. You sound either surprised or relieved. <laughs> I don't one, but I just remember there was something. Uh, but no, there was a couple of books I didn't get a chance to read, but they're, that are sitting right here. But yeah, I thought I had another book on here. I got. Don't. I got you. All righty, so we're week. week. Hmm. I've got it narrowed down to two. <laughs> we talked about a lot of books this week, but I was mm-hmm. I, I was saying earlier, either on or on and off the air, I was not like overwhelmed by anything uh, this week. Even though I had a lot to say about uh, Son of Shaolin and a lot to say about uh, some of the other books, but uh, nothing earth shattering. I think I'm going to stick to my old faithful Super Sons number eight. Nice. I think I am going to go with um, America number seven. Because like I said, if you're a fan of America Chavez, and even if you're not, you know, you, you may enjoy this this uh, this particular story. All right. So Although if you are a fan of America Chavez, you definitely will. Okay. I believe. Hmm. Now it's down to me. And I hate... I hate it when I am just not overwhelmed by anything that I've read this week. Hmm. You know what? Since it's probably the freshest in my mind because of the last thing I read, I'm going to go with Son of Shaolin number one by, uh, by the creative team of Jay Longino and uh, Kanan White. So I'll go with that. Boom. All righty. All righty. Ad so, read. Yeah, I'm pulling up the ad read now. Let us go with... Waiting for the sucker to load. Let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox and PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod, and MP3 headphones. And now for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. 
Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through cspn.us. Do it today. All righty. <laughs> try to get the mute button working. Yeah, I've done that. Time for cinematic news. First up, we have the Watchmen TV series gets official pilot order from HBO. Wow. So I guess it's going to be a real thing. Yeah. And you know, real with, thing, people. Exactly. With HBO behind the, you know, behind the scenes, you know it's going to be, uh, it's, it's not going to be uh, rated G. I need to get around to reading Watchmen one of these days. What? Yeah. You know what, Matt, yeah. Matt Wang97 is going to be sending you a copy of uh, Watchmen on this now, right? I know, right? Hey, He's already done me. Say what? I said, yeah, I think he, he had it. Well, I know, actually, because he's already sent me a copy. Hey, if he's got copies sitting around. <laughs> That's not even a dare. That's not even like the, the, the <laughs> GoFundMe for a, a PS4 for Agent Underscore 70, which I do still need, actually. We'll get hey, it. I want, I, I'd rather have one of those, actually. So <laughs> I need to be playing Spider-Man. I want to play that Spider-Man game when it comes out. That's funny. I oh, yes. get into that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next up, we have Star Wars. Last Jedi completed three months before release. Star Trek Discovery. How and where to watch the TV revival. So, yeah, apparently, um, if you're not in the States or Canada, well, if you're not in, if you're anywhere but Canada, you have to pay for it. So, uh, here in the States, you have CBS All Access. Uh, in, in Canada, it'll be on Space Channel, so they'll be able to watch it for free. If you're anywhere else, if you're outside of the U.S. and in Canada, it's on Netflix. Um, uh, here's a little hint. If you're in the States and you haven't already and you want to check out, at the very least, um, the first episode or two, the CBS All Access has a seven-day free trial. And by the way, uh, Star Trek Discovery starts this Sunday. You do the math on that. Um and but I think they're also saying that um, I think the first episode is going to actually be on TV or streaming somewhere for free. But if you want to check the, like the second issue, it's the second um, second episode on, then you have to uh, pay for CBS All Access here in the states. Wait, say what? So <laughs> <laughs> maybe I've been a little bit uh, behind on uh, on uh, on this show. So is this a streaming only? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. they've said that for so, so they've said that for a while though okay um yeah so it's going to be on cbs access for so for the low low price of 6.99 a month if you want to do that wow oh, excuse me so this is basically it's just like a hulu model so it's five six six dollars a month but ten dollars if you don't want commercials and if you don't know that cbs is you know streaming all past and probably present shows uh in their coverage in some movies apparently from what i've seen from the app um i mean they 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 didn't do that with Supergirl because I think they um, they did put Supergirl on their their old app, but whatever. So yeah, but like I said, uh, for seven day free, free trials, you could at the very least see the first episode. You know, or actually, I would imagine if you did it on that Sunday, you could probably do two because if it's if it's Sunday to Sunday, then if you do it on Sunday, then you get that Sunday. If you do it early enough, and then get the next one before it goes away before your subscription goes away. And that'll give you an idea if you want to, you know, keep it or not. 
I know there are some people who were kind of poo-pooing it because of because of that, which I can understand because it's a string that's behind a streaming service, and that's no bueno. But you know, we'll see. So yeah, it says here CBS is teasing the series on on its network with a special premiere of part one of the pilot episode on uh, Sunday, September the twenty fourth at eight thirty p.m. But if you want to see part two or any other, then like I said, you have to go through the app. So at the very yeah. least, you can see the first one for free, and then if you want to see the second episode, <laughs> sign up for CBS hmm. All Access for the week and see the next episode. And then you're on your own after that. Yeah, I conveniently ignored these details. Yeah. A lot of people are like so. There's there's people not, but then again, there are also people that don't care about the show because probably because it's women starring oh, or some God. other. Uh, yeah, know, fortunately that is the case. Folks. Yeah, yeah, it is the case. So, so but you know, but otherwise, hey, it, it's here, it's coming, and uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, then this that shouldn't be a deterrent. In fact, that, that's probably what they're banking on. No, anyway, we can move on though. Justice League, Iris West cameo reportedly cut. Yeah, but she could still show up in the whatever deleted scene or deleted scenes on the Blu-ray or something or whatever extended cut. And of course, she's going to be in a Flash movie, so. (laughs) I know. Is it really that big a deal for whatever that gets made? You know, yeah, really. Characters to, you know, find a director. Yeah, I guess that this would have been the the chance to kind of, you know, kind of sure and not not sure her in and just kind of throw her in i mean hell you think about it batman superman had the rest of the most of the just league kind of shoon horned in so why not a, a side character in one of the other you know yeah one of the other movies all right the supergirl flash battle super powered nazis and arrowverse crossover so yeah we so the the um the Apple-verse crossover is going to be a take on crisis on earth x uh, from what it sounds like, sounds like Barry and Iris's wedding is going to have something to do with this. And this article pretty much goes in this and the next article, which you can you can skip the next article because it's also having to do with this. Uh, and actually, the one after that, but you don't really have to skip the last one because it's it's slightly no, different. I'll bring that up. Yeah. So then the second one is basically a bunch of Easter eggs as you can expect to see in said crossover. You know. And so we find out that Ray is going to take part in this, played mm-hmm. by. Russell Tove from Quantico season two that I started watching and then fell off of. Oh no. Oh man. I thought that was your show. It was, but then they moved nights and it started coming on Monday nights. I think it was something. Yeah. So I couldn't keep up with it. Gotcha. And also, which we think we've probably already talked about this, but the Ray's also going to get his own uh, animated show a la Vixen. That's going to be on CW seed. Uh, like more likely it should play this. into this crossover because he's coming from the Earth X in the animated series. I believe that is actually yeah, that is actually true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he so, will yeah, also, he will also voice Ray on the show, right? Like they like they've been doing with uh, like they did with Vixen with you know whatever. So yeah, we got the first trailer for the Punisher. Uh, it's it's bloody. <laughs> there's a there's a hallway scene, of course. In, of course. In, uh, Punisher and uh, Netflix, after all. Yeah. And let's see, there's a rumor Gambit movie plot details include classic X-Men foe. Yeah. Apparently the rumor is uh, Mr. Sinister is going to be the uh, the big bad of the movie. Should that movie ever <laughs> come off the ground. And Finn Jones returns to Jojo for season two training. Well, he okay, better whatever. stay there overnight. Like every night. <laughs> 
you know, for the next, you know, for the next six months or whatever. <laughs> I had a fight through convincing punches. I still can't bring myself to watch it. I don't know why. I actually, I do know why. But just, I started it. Just I, I actually probably won't even finish it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I jump straight to defenders. That's all I need to see. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's not so bad either, to be honest, because you could get most of the uh, the plot points from defenders. You figure things out. That's true, but I'm I'm a com- well somewhat a of a business and yeah. some of the, that stuff. So I would I just say it. that you know I'm surprised that Tim simply because I know how Tim watches some things in the background, I, you know, as background noise. I figured this would be something that you could put on like while you're ironing or something. You know, that's a good point. So, like thirty minute shows work better for that though. I would imagine thirty minute shows that you've actually already, already seen also, right? Yeah, I have a habit of rewatching the same things over and over again. Well, you know, I'm finally. Now I, have to, I have to pay attention because I already yeah. know what's going to happen. I was about to say I'm finally catching up on Game of Thrones, so you know I finally understand what what all the hype is about. But at the same time, I sympathize with uh, uh, Tim because uh, you know once in a while I'll just pull up the West Wing and be like, you know, what? I'm going to watch this again. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good for that. I pulled up an episode of uh, Supergirl, the Flash crossover, to be specific, mm-hmm. recently for that same reasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this Inhumans poster does not mean the show is canceled yet. So there, ah, so, so, this, <laughs> so there was this poster, which if you're watching the video, you can see it uh, says Marvel Inhumans, a Marvel televised event. The first chapter in IMAX theaters, September 1st, complete series, September 29th. Some people out there on the Internet have taken that to be to think that the Inhumans have been canceled. And this is some blogs, not necessarily, I would hope, you know, reputable news places, but, you know, people got a hold of it and thought, oh, and humans is canceled, good for it, blah, blah, blah. But that does not, that's not what this poster means. It's still happening, folks. Uh, more than, more than likely it means is it'll just be one season and then that's it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And even if they have to like burn off like the last four episodes in like one night or t- two nights or whatever. Two nights. Yeah. Riverdale star crashes car following 16-hour workday. That's you know long work days. I know how them how that goes. So that was unfortunate. Yeah, that's six. Uh, yeah, I was about to say uh, uh, wishes for uh, good health and speed recovery go out to uh, KJ Appa. Appa, yeah, which puts me in mind of uh, the last Airbender, but we won't do that joke. Um, yeah, it looks like he was uh, taken to a local hospital and released without any serious injuries. So that's good. At their auditions for Shazam lead role, you think it's going to beat out John Cena? Oh no! <laughs> so apparently, a dude named and uh, yeah, and it does says here that uh, John Cena and Joshua Stoss <laughs> have been attached to the role. I, I John Cena, do it. Why? Why? <laughs> the Rock. The Rock. Don't encourage that. Cena. Well, yeah, but three, <laughs> but. At least The Rock has had more charisma in, in, in his movie roles in, than what I've seen of John Cena in the one thing I've actually seen him in. But apparently some actor named uh, who, uh, Parker Young, I don't know in, who was on Arrow. I don't, I don't know who he was on Arrow, if that was the case. Uh, so, oh, this also, there was then some audition tapes floating around, which is where this comes from, thanks to some site called the Omega Underground for uncovering this that was on Vimeo. Um, and this audition tape uh, shows Parker Young auditioning for the role of Shazam, and also uh, thanks to the next article, some some possible other uh, news from about the Shazam movie. And that is 
the main villain of the Shazam movie seems to have been revealed. Again, this is coming from these the self-same audition tapes, which means they're using audition scripts, which doesn't necessarily mean anything that's going to be in the movie, just that, you know, what they were working with at the time of um, auditions. But you know, apparently there were some people were scraping out, trying to scrape out information from these audition tapes that they found that have since gone private on fit. Well, I mean, this, it might not be a spoiler because it might not even be the real deal. So it kind of doesn't really matter. Who is it? If, but if it is who this audition tapes it is, it's the Seven Deadly Sins. I don't know too much about um, the the Flash. I mean, the, the Shazam's uh, Rose Gallery, but you all know what the Seven Deadly Sins are at this point from biblical means. And seven, yeah, <laughs> and seven. There you go. Yeah, and actually, the anime Seven Deadly. Well, no, it's all. Yeah, I guess there is animated Seven Deadly Sins. Anyway, moving on. It's in the move box. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> What's in the box? Hey, wait. Thor Ragnarok director uh, in talks to Helm Akira. What? That's cool. Yeah. That new news, huh? Uh, well, yeah, I just saw it on the, on the same side that the, that last article was on. Hmm. I I know they've they've been trying to get um, somebody's been trying to get Akira off the ground uh, for a few years now. A live action version at that, and you know, the most recent director approached for the film is Jordan Peele. But he ultimately turned it down. Uh, Taiko Waititi is the solid director, and might go blah, 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 blah. But anyway, so Dora Ragnarok director might end up as the Akira director if that still happens. So there you go. Uh, and maybe Tim stepped away for a second. Yeah, it looks like it. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll keep on rolling with uh, comic book news. Um, you- I w- okay. Well, back- I was, I was going to say solicitors are out for. So what? I'm just stretching. Oh, gotcha. So solicitations are out for December 17 uh, comics. Uh, yep. comic companies. So go check them out if you have the means. And, and then in comic news, we have Tales of Suspense comic will explore life after death for Marvel's Black Widow. See? Then you can put on Biggie's album. Oh, that's true too. Nice. So yeah, apparently uh, Tales of Suspense is coming back as a comic, and I think because of Legacy, they are going to start uh, at issue 100? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the, the title says, apparently some of it's going to deal with, uh, or at least the beginning of it's going to deal with the death and maybe not death of Black Widow from Secret Empire. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, yeah, Tales of Suspense will feature both the Winter Soldier and Hawkeye trying to uncover the truth of whether or not uh, Natasha Romanoff is actually dead. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. A reputed Alex Ross image as the Fantastic Four return speculation. People want that so bad. I kind of don't care if they come <laughs> back. I like those Fantastic Four, but I just, okay, at this point. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, they've been away so long. You know, I mean, yeah, they 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 played a big role. I, you know, obviously, uh, Reed and uh, Doom played the the major roles in uh, Secret Wars, but it's been a while since then. So, um, yeah. now we have the image that uh, was pulled off, but is available, I believe, still on Reddit, um, where uh, the look is very, very Kirby esque, um, which is why I kind of thought that it wasn't a redesign until I my eyes moved down to the costumes, which is what everyone is. Uh, um, uh, referring to when it comes to the redesign because the facial uh, features of uh, Reed and Sue that uh, that 
uh, Alex Ross is uh, emulating are definitely old school Kirby, but the costumes are definitely new school in that the stylized uh, four logo is uh, you know has never been seen before. So that has obviously raised speculation that uh, that uh, this is at least a setup for uh, a new Fantastic Four or the return of Reed and Sue Richards, hmm. who, as we know, are out there making remaking the multiverse or whatever the heck they're doing yeah that was the story yeah that was the uh the story sure so okay so here's my question the last few the last couple of uh fantastic four uh volumes purportedly were good because i know you were reading them agent 70 mm-hmm. uh, has enough time one passed for them to bring them back and two what could they do with them that they couldn't do before mm-hmm. i mean outside of the, the the whole movie license thing obviously because i mean because it wasn't like the fantastic four books were from what for reportedly were doing all that great beforehand you know they have their runs you know and it's unfortunate because you know a lot of books can you can say that about a lot of books you know everything from captain america to um uh maybe not so much spider-man because slot's been on that for forever at this point but Mm -hmm. uh it seems like uh the ff uh is defined by certain creator runs and you know there's a lot of dead space in between yeah, that's that's what like the ones like. Well, what do you do with them? Kind of right. situation like 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 people have said with Superman and the like. But you know, you know, somebody there's somebody out there's probably got some good ideas. That's the hope. Although I have to admit, I am looking forward to Marvel Two and One. It's true because you know because that book features the two you know the two characters that I you know that I really followed in the Fantastic Four book. So right, I was kind of hoping to return to the to the uh, the team up books though with that. But well, there know. might be two and one where the two of them team up with somebody a third. You know, right. that might be so, a twist on it. So ten is Marvel three and one. Great, <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right, well, move right along. Uh, Avengers five seventy three changes artists. Marvel Legacy primer pages for Cable Champions, Iron Man, Luke Cage, Hulk, and Thor. Which reminds me, I need to go look at the primer pages we got. Uh, you can also find them on Comicsology, by the way. Oh, free. Yeah, for free. Just like because yeah, because last week the Avengers one came out, and then this week a whole slew of them came out, including the ones mentioned, I believe. Actually, no, wait, mm, no, these are not. <laughs> yeah, Cable Champions, Iron Man, no. So the ones that are out there are not the same ones. If I maybe they wait a week, maybe. Uh, but anyway, there are some out there if you including the the Avengers one. If you're if you're so inclined, just look up Marvel Legacy Primer on. Um, Comicology, or it's in the or it's in the show notes. Gotta check out the show notes. Yeah, Injustice Two Raiden trailer reveals Black Lightning. That's cool. I still haven't yet to check out that. Um, check out the trailer, but um, yeah, Raiden's coming to in November, I believe. And with him, uh, if you got the fighter pack, will be a basically a skin of Raiden for Black uh, Black Lightning, much like they did with John Stewart and Green Lantern. Uh, yeah, Green Lantern. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. So they'll, yeah, so they'll pretty much have similar moves. The, the, actually, the same moves. Same moves, same power. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a different skin. That's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. Black Lightning looks a lot like Gucci Mane. <laughs> what? <laughs> kind of. What? Kind of. Oh, like, boy. Yeah, so if you're looking at, hold on, let me go. Here's the. I, well, I don't know. Like there was there was a I thought Blade at first, but I guess I could see the Gucci Man look. I don't know. Like that's too funny. Yeah. Jeff if you're Johns, watching the video, you see what we're talking about. Jeff Johns connects the dots in DC's first Doomsday Clock trailer. 
for some reason that's not coming up, but all right, sure. Green Lanterns, Simon Baz's new ring is spoilers. Is spoilers. I read that article this afternoon. It's pretty good. Kind of wish I had kept up with the series now, but it's only so much time in the day and books to read. Hmm. I didn't know Sam Humphries was writing that. I would almost check that out for that because I kind of liked him when he was doing uh, Adventures AI. Yeah, he's going to be on Nightwing now. And Tim huh. Seeley, who was on Nightwing, Nightwing is taking over Green Lanterns. So they're switching. Huh. Nice. DC unveils Batman by Mignola, Batman versus Joker statues. If you're, again, if you're watching the videos, you can see the um, the statues. You're in the water again. About. Yay! <laughs> Dude. If you're on the, if you're watching the video, you can see the statues. Yep, one is 150 bucks. That's a lot, and I believe this is Batman one. That's what y'all toy collectors go through. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, limited to 5,000 pieces, the, the Jonathan Matthews sculptured statue will debut next April, and again, 150 bucks. It is from Black Man, uh, Black, Black, Black Man, Batman Black and White, and the next one, which is Joker and uh, Batman fighting. I thought he was, at first I saw the shoe, I was like, why is Batman fighting with his shoe? But apparently that's uh, the Joker's shoe coming off. <laughs> that one's going to be $200. For it. Yeah. Uh, Neil Adams returns to scene of the crime in Dead Man. Yes, apparently I think we've previously talked about that Dead Man limited series that's coming out and Neil Adams is uh, the artist attached to it. And there's just an article uh, talking to Neil Adams about that. Uh, Paul Dini wishes Harley Quinn a happy birthday. Which, by the way, uh, is tomorrow. And I believe... Was that already or Batman Day was already... Is that the 26th? It's it's Batman Day is tomorrow, but Harley Quinn is taking over it. Right. So, yeah. DC Entertainment. Her and all that. DC Entertainment honored for LGBTQ superhero representation. So yeah, with their yeah, yeah, with their with that Love Is Love book and the stuff they're doing on the, some of the, the CW shows, um, with which includes the Ray uh, being uh, the first gay character to uh, to well, I guess, see they, they're villain as the first gay character to headline a show, but it's like a, it's an animated series. I guess that still counts before he gets folded into the Arrowverse. So I guess that still counts. I don't know. But yeah, they've been honored by GLSEN, which I don't know what that is, so forgive me for that. But yeah, congrats to them for that, I guess. Yeah. Metal Batman Lost Art teases Bruce Wayne's spoiler. I mean, hey, this is your baby. What was it all now? Um, I remember. That's that image of the, um, this, uh, oh, Bruce Wayne and a girl who like, may be his granddaughter talking to him. Gotcha. And I guess there's some mystery behind who she is or something. Yeah. The mystery is who is the girl. Uh-huh. Okay. Steve Orlando teases JLA Doom Patrol crossover research. And oh, yeah, he also teased he also did some teasing of possible uh Justice Society book. Oh yeah. Okay. Well great. There's some people that, that want that. Yep. Uh Fabux Jason Fabux shares Batman Who Laughs cover process. Yeah, that's a pretty creepy image. Yeah. Yeah. That one's in the ones he looks like he did on um, on Twitter. So Dan DiDito shares his DC Comics rejection letter from 1977. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. I saw uh, the the Nerd Lunch um, Twitter account said it's like, yeah, because share my 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 same letter for my my letter also from uh, DC. <laughs> Which funny, not funny, but you know, Archie Comics Sonic Team reunited on Cosmo Revival. So 
when I saw the the headline of this, I was excited for this, and then I saw the art, which looks nothing like Cosmo the Cosmo the Mary 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 uh, Martian that I know of. So for anybody who don't know, um, back in the days when when Archie books, you know, had well the the Archie books they still print them out now. So there was a um, they had other other uh, com- cartoons in there. One of them was uh, Cosmo the Mary Martian, and uh, you know, it was cool. Like that, they even reprinted all that stuff a couple of years ago and put them back out. But apparently, they uh, yeah, they're doing a, a a redux per se of Cosmo and his crew. And uh, if you're looking at the 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 uh, video, you can see that. Which I'm not sure if I like that or not. But moving right along. Uh, where are we? Oh, last one is Marvel Legacy is at three of a larger plan for the Marvel Universe. So yeah, I guess there's more coming after uh, Marvel Legacy. Well, yeah, the story continues always. Always. Oh, yeah. You know, while which, also, which also says, hey, guess what? Like we said earlier, Marvel Legacy is starting next week. Yeah, I was about to say, the, you know, it's like they're flying by the seat of their pants, but then all of a sudden, wait a second, we can actually make this all connect. So. Yeah, which presumably they usually have a six-month to eight-month to a year to to two-year-old plan, so, as they used to say, right, for things going forward. All righty. All righty. So I guess that will take us to our last ad read for the night. Do it. Today's podcast is sponsored by My Comic Shop. Go to cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues, vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store when you can order your comic books online? My comic shop through cspn.us. Do it today. And make sure to follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDOGG98 and at CBCron. RoddyCat is at RoddyCat and at NewsNerdsNeeds. And on Instagram, at CBCaps. Hip Hop Covers Volume 2 Hardcover came out. Yay! Get yours. Agent 70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, and I did finally get my uh, my Cyclops and Phoenix uh, two-pack from uh, Toys R Us, finally. Uh, just uh, nice. check out my Instagram uh, for that. And follow our co-host on hiatus at the moment at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter and go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. And we'll be back next week. Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, theclicknation.com forward slash live. And we are the Comic Book Chronicles, and we are signing off. Peace! Wu-Tang Clan strikes again. The RZA, the Jizza, old dirty bastard, inspect the deck, they pour on the chef. Do God, Ghostface Killer, and the Mac. Hey, 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 h